Hello, Tom Myers here. If you're like me and you've got a lot to say, a lot of stories to share, a lot of opinions to give, then listen up. I'm going to talk about something that's going to take your passion for podcasts to the next level. I'm talking about the 7 Million Bikes podcast course. This is the podcasting course you need. Imagine having the skills, the knowledge, and the confidence to create, produce, and grow a successful podcast. And you're not doing it alone. I'm talking about Neil Mackay, the podcast guy, founder of 7 Million Bikes Podcasts. He knows what it takes to turn your passion into a podcast that stands out. He's going to guide you through everything from podcast ideas that resonate to nailing that audio production and even editing your episodes like a pro. With 23 tutorials and over three hours of video content, this course is packed with practical tips, real-world examples, and everything you need to know to get started. Just $97 for a wealth of knowledge that'll set you up for podcasting success it's a no-brainer think about it less than a hundred bucks to unleash your creativity share your story and potentially even turn your passion into a profitable business people like ian payton who's taken the course launched their own podcast and already in the top 10 percent of podcasts worldwide and you could be next the seven million bikes podcast course is your ticket to podcasting greatness. Go to the link in my show notes right now and let's make your podcasting dream a reality. Hi, I'm A.A. Ron, the owner and producer of Oddly Funny Productions. That's A-W-D-L-Y Funny Productions. Bombing Run, the original comedy combat game show. It's an hour's worth of comedians clashing with their jokes. And soon to be released, Orbs Wacky World, a talk show with a twist. It will be a mix of comedy, unusual questions and music with orb as the host oddly funny productions we might be odd but we bring the funny to you that's a-w-d-l-y funny productions hey everyone it's me again if you're tired of listening to this show with all these ads in the way go ahead and subscribe to my patreon in addition to listening to this show without the ads you also get extended versions of these episodes and bonus clips as well doesn't cost that much you can get plans for as low as one dollar a month you can show the love and your support just go to patreon.com slash tom myers spelled m-y-e-r-s and subscribe and listen and enjoy today again that's patreon.com slash Tom Myers. Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Tom Myers versus the rest of the world. Joe Biden was heckled during his State of the Union speech by Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert. They both reminded me of the remaining cast members of Sex in the City if they joined QAnon, blocked Miranda on Facebook, and moved to Staten Island. <laughs> Why even bother yelling at Biden during a big speech like that? Clearly, even they don't believe a word those conservative blogs post because if they did, they would know that Biden could be easily distracted by waving an open bottle of women's shampoo in front of him. <laughs> that joke is literally just for the Spotify listeners that I have. <laughs> All two of them. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Pence criticized Donald Trump for focusing heavily on the results of the 2020 election when they should be looking forward to 2022 and 2024. Their newfound sense of moving forward means Republicans are ready to advance women's rights to keep up with the demands of the late 1800s. 
<laughs> a QAnon election denier who believes she can time travel is running for office in Ohio. Oh, sweet She is. <laughs> if the ability to time travel was possible, then I would go back in time and convince the parents of all these candidates to swallow. Ah. <laughs> Maryland Congressman Andy Harris says he wants his constituents to know how many illegal immigrants accused of crimes are being released into their neighborhoods. I suppose he would be cool with it. <laughs> I suppose he would be cool with it if they had done something of which he approved, like storm the Capitol. <laughs> And now on with the show. Please join me in welcoming Jeff Heisen, Michelle Wojcikowski, and Devine Kerr. Hey, Tom. Hello, hello. Everyone, welcome. Uh, Michelle, uh, thank you for uh, joining us. Welcome back. This is the first episode you've been on since you thought to uh, name check this podcast on on an interview you did. (laughs) Yes, yes, I did. I did. You still owe me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> so this wasn't like on this is on a local uh npr station the one in, yeah uh, wypr right yeah they interviewed me about women in comedy and i happened to mention that i was on this podcast sometimes and here much i am ap- again what are the much- chances <laughs> <laughs> much appreciated well i of course i thoughtfully downloaded that segment and uh, i'll go ahead and play it for everybody <laughs> oh you will not but I have joked about politics when I'm invited on um, political podcasts. I, I do a local one um, every so often, Tom Myers versus the rest of the world. And he invited me on and I said, you know, I don't do politics. And he said, but you're funny. So come on. And I just fell into it because I realized that you can be funny if it's something you're comfortable being funny about. That was very much appreciated. And that was uh a very nice way to thinly veil what I actually told you, which is <laughs> my reputation means it's very hard to book people. So <laughs> <laughs> the reason the idea of a land war by Russia still seems shocking to some of us is that this generation is genetically predisposed to believe that World War III would be settled by a dance off on TikTok. <laughs> Louis C.K. was set to do a show in Kiev, but it was canceled. Naturally, there are the security concerns associated with Louis competing with Vladimir Putin to see who can cause the most damage to one's career by firing out of cylindrical objects. (laughs) Applebee's criticized CNN for airing one of their commercials during footage of the Russians shelling Ukraine. Ah, yes, we should all take our moral cues from a national restaurant chain that pushes bar food to a nation who is one serving of brew pub pretzels and beer cheese dip away from a cardiac episode. <laughs> Joining us tonight to discuss what's going on in Ukraine, please welcome Allison Chadwick. Hey, everybody. Allison, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Uh, I've actually been wanting to get you on for this podcast for quite a bit because, uh, you know, looking at your resume, I see, you know, not only you know, do you uh, specialize in you know, political satire and political comedy and all that? I mean, we worked together for years in the in the D.C. area, but also you're specializing in stuff going on overseas, wars, genocides and uh, and all that. Um, my impression of sort of what's going on over there. And this is just sort of the, the dumbed down American version that we get is that um, 
you know, we're doing our best to go ahead and support Ukraine where we can, because that's one of the biggest Western democracies uh, close to Russia. Russia doesn't want them to join NATO or the European Union because of the protections that would afford them. Um, so as a result, this conflict is brewing about. Do I have that oversimplified or? Um, Just a little bit. I think there's um, there's a little few, a few other things like uh, Ukraine used to be a nuclear power and they gave up their weapons and um, NATO promised to protect them and Russia promised not to invade them. And neither of those things are happening. So, yeah. And then, I mean, obviously there's a lot of the stuff going around, which we're going to get into. Um, we're going to go ahead and get into later on in the show about um, like, there's, there's some Russians who are speaking out against Vladimir Putin, um, you know, despite, you know, him having the cover of the, the Russian people for years because they've either just been brainwashed or, you know, they didn't really want to, know what was going on you know behind the scenes past what the official government line was telling them and uh also i think how some how some americans are sort of for lack of a better term sympathetic to russia and all that's going on i think that there's a part of i mean it's not a right left issue but i've seen on facebook and other places these people defending putin and saying Zelensky is you know an awful person i do think part of it is you know from the trump administration where he was very pro putin he now claims he's very anti-putin but if you saw that that uh press conference in uh, helsinki back in the day when he practically he said putin was right the entire u.s intelligence system was wrong uh he was very pro putin i don't People say he wasn't, but I was alive then. I remember he was. And um, part of why I think he attacked now is that he thought that Trump had destabilized NATO to the point where they would be ineffectual, wouldn't be so coherent as a group. And that's why this happened now. We didn't give Zelensky, he asked us in 2019 for all these weapons, javelins and whatnot. And Trump's like, well, we'll give them to you if you look into Biden. So I think a lot of, you know, he didn't get what he needed to protect himself. And here we are. I know years ago, because I remember this as well, because I also was alive at this time, <laughs> like the right wing used to be like, no matter where they came down on any issue, they were like strong, you know, they were pro United States. Like they were, they were pro democracy to the point where we would just go ahead and carpet bomb other countries because, you know, I mean, well, whether they attacked us or whether we thought they were getting ready to be in a position to attack us. And now, thanks to Donald Trump and what he did to the Republican Party and all the people that went into his campaign, um, the, it's sort of reversed now. Like it's this sort of, you know, bizarro world where, I mean, again, it's not necessarily left versus right, but I mean, a lot of, you know, the, the left wing is more, like they're more strong on American defense than uh, than the Republican Party is, which I in my lifetime, I didn't I didn't think I'd see that at least not this early in it anyway. We're in a very strange spot. I mean, I think if Ronald Reagan were to be or somehow brought back to life today, he would have no idea what was <laughs> happening in this country. He'd be like, what the hell? This is not the country. And and I do see, I mean, I know from my own personal evolution in terms of politics, now I see the world, there was a time where I'm like, I don't know if we should be so anti-Russia, but I was never once like, yay, no, I like to, I don't like democracy. It's a weird time that we're in. And a lot of that, I do think 
comes from the Trump era where people now feel they have to be blindly following him no matter what he says. Tom, I'm old enough to remember when the Democrats even had divisions about what was then the Soviet Union. There was a, a Democratic senator named Henry Jackson, and he ran for president several times. And he was right uh, in the party, to the right of the party. And, and it was because of his opinion about being tougher. We need to be tougher. We need to be tougher with the Soviet Union. And now we have one party which is an apologist for what's going on there. And in fact, Tucker Carlson, spokesperson for the far right, is being played on Russian TV. I saw that. I couldn't believe it. You know, and I can't believe he hasn't. I'm surprised that the United States government hasn't taken some kind of action. You know, I mean, there's freedom of speech. And then where does it get to? You know, I don't think the U.S. government really can do anything. I don't think that would help anything. I do think Fox News might. I mean, Fox News lawyers have said in court, you can't really take anything Tucker says seriously. So I think they see him as more entertainment than news, but it's kind of dragging them through the mud. People do. (laughs) I know. I'm not saying, I'm just saying what their their thought is. Because I saw Mitch McConnell on C-SPAN today saying, we need to be tougher on Russia. So I don't think the the party is that way, but that definitely is where the fringe is. And Tucker's all about the fringe. Well, the company that owns Fox News isn't even called News Corp anymore. I mean, they're, they're they're licensed under Fox Entertainment which right. just shows you how they just, hmm. just shows you how they make their money. Well, that's, that's also their cover. That's their way of uh, sleeping at night, but that doesn't mean the way that, uh, that the people who watch the channel appreciate that distinction. When he first took office, Vladimir Putin was like a new toy that a kid would get for Christmas. Now his reputation throughout the world is tantamount to it sitting in the back of the closet, gathering dust, its last piece of action it saw was being humped by the family's aging Jack Russell Terrier with a bladder problem. The effect of the invasion of Ukraine on the Russian economy means that Vladimir Putin's actions make what Herbert Hoover did during the start of the Great Depression seem mild by comparison. Since his ascension to power in 2000 following the resignation of Boris Yeltsin, Vladimir Putin has been an object of curiosity to many Americans, as we can see from this interview with Putin on CBS. You're much talked about in America. There's much conversation, more so than Maybe they have nothing else to do in America but talk about me. No, no, no. No, or maybe they're curious people. (laughs) Or maybe you're an interesting character. Maybe that's what it is. Are you curious about America? More than simply another nation that you have to deal with. Of course we're curious about what's going on. America exerts enormous influence on the situation in the world as a whole. What do you admire most about America? I like the creativity. Creativity. Creativity when it comes to your tackling problems. 
their openness, openness and open-mindedness, because it allows them to unleash the inner potential of their people. And thanks to that, America has attained such amazing results in developing their country. It almost makes you nostalgic for the days when the most despicable of the two of them was Charlie Rose. (laughs) Those were the days. I hope he appreciates the American creativity in trying to get around his media blackouts and his censorship. I mean, President Zelensky was interviewed recently and they asked him, I mean, there's people out there dying and that man's sitting there saying, we need help. And the interviewer said, is Putin a war criminal? I'm like, no shit. <laughs> Are you going to ask? And I don't know. It just blows my mind. And he, he, he just, they just asked him, like, what do you want to tell Americans? And what do you want Americans to know about what's going on in Ukraine? I'm like, and he's sitting there with his tight shirt looking sexy and people are blaming him that he's young and trying to flaunt his chest and that bod. And I'm like, what is wrong with people? Anyway, I mean, to be fair, I mean, we did have someone who was willing to flaunt a tight chest you know, in, in Pete Buttigieg. But no, we decided to go for uh, <laughs> two candidates of uh, my parents' generation going at one another. Also, like I'm, I'm looking at a lot of this footage of Vladimir Putin. Like I'm seeing a lot of the images that he posts. Um, or a lot of the photo ops that he's done. And I don't know if it's just me, but his facial expressions always look like he's holding in screams of pain while he's having his chest hairs (laughs) pulled out with hot wax. Screaming (laughs) Kelly Clarkson. (laughs) (laughs) You know the reference, right? 40-year-old virgin. 40-year-old virgin. (laughs) During his lengthy reign, Vladimir Putin has eliminated any viable political opposition to the point where Russians have no choice but to allow him to work his way into the national psyche. In this clip from a BBC documentary, a Russian cartoonist gives his view as to why Putin has been able to stay in power for so long. Meet my friend Vladimir. (laughs) 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 You're a bit of a Putin stalker. Yeah. You're a big fan of Putin. Yes, of course. Uh, Nobody can do what Putin doing. And uh, people like this. If Putin wasn't the people's choice, he won't be a president. You know that in the West, he's got quite a bad image, really. They think that the photos and stuff that he does, they find that a little bit kind of ridiculous. Putin is just a person that's trying to do his best. All this fake news, all this propaganda about evil Russia, about evil Putin, uh, everything in, in the West trying to paint Russia in black and white colors. Like it's it's a shame, it's dictatorship and something like this. But come on, guys, it's, uh, it's not working like this. For those of you who didn't uh, see it because this is an audio podcast, the guy is talking about Vladimir Putin after he's brought out a giant uh, life-size cutout of Putin. So I have a theory that whenever... He's interviewed about him or he talks about him. He keeps that cutout right there because somehow he's afraid like the cutout's going to, you know, materialize. It's going to, uh, it's going to be Vladimir Putin actually coming to life and just poisoning him or something. If, if he says anything, if he says anything critical about it. I needed subtitles. I wonder if they have uh, that guy's relatives are in the gulag or something. You know, I've got to defend Putin for a second. I'm not a fan of Putin. But I agree with the guy, it isn't a black or white situation. I think Putin has wanted to recreate the USSR since he got in you know, a long time ago. But at the same time, he did improve the Russian economy 
for a long time. Now that's all going to go away, but I can see why people like him until now. Well, and especially when he's controlling Russian TV and the information that they're getting or not getting, yeah. it's, it's, it's uh, just a lot of, um, you know, it's, it's more cult like, I mean, I'm not saying the Russian people are cult, but it's, it's the same kind of brainwashing, you and, know, uh, but everybody... I, I do think he did good things for a while. I, I mean, I agree and I don't disagree, but anyway. Everybody loves French fries with gravy and cheese curds, you know. <laughs> you speak for your son that that sounds nasty. That's what I took away from the clip, to be honest. <laughs> no, but it's a real poutine. thing. Some people were attacking France and French restaurant because they were serving poutine, thinking that it was created by Putin. And it has, ah! no it has, ah! it has nothing to do with Putin. Putin, it's Putin in Quebec. It's actually from Quebec in 1950 was created. That's my hometown. I weep for the future. <laughs> I, I also wanted to make note that uh, that cartoonist, that person they interviewed, used the term fake news. I think that was just an example of how uh, Donald Trump is a really bad businessman. He could have trademarked that term so that anytime it was uttered, <laughs> he could have right? made some money off of it. That's another deal he wasn't able to make. Pay for that wall. He tried to trademark the word fire or the phrase you're fired. So I'm surprised he didn't trademark um, fake news. Major American companies have said they are no longer going to do business in Russia. Things are getting so bad there now that America Online is threatening to get rid of Russia's last remaining instant messaging platform. <laughs> Russians are also taking the step of publicly protesting their government's actions. In these clips, we can see Russian citizens destroying their government-issued IDs and documents and giving their reasons for doing so. I'm a Russian Ukrainian. Um, was, I'm a citizen of Russia. I was born in Ukraine. And uh, what Putin is doing now is uh, must be stopped. We must everybody, the whole world must stop him there. Otherwise, he will be at your death's doorstep tomorrow. And I burned my passport today because I'm not part of this war. I'm not part of this fascist war. I'm burning my Russian passport in support of Ukraine because I no longer want to be a citizen of the country that commits war crimes against Ukrainians and that kills innocent people to support its imperialistic ambitions. My name is Dmitry Polishchuk. I am a retired police captain of the Ministry of Internal Affairs of Russia. I have faithfully served the citizens of the Russian Federation for 15 years. But at the moment I am in Ukraine, and I cannot calmly look at the atrocities that are happening because of the military servicemen of the Russian army. I do not want to have anything in common with the police of the Russian Federation. This is my pension certificate for an internal affairs officer. This is a passport of a citizen of the Russian Federation. It belongs to me. And also here is a military ID, which as well belongs to me.
Now I stand up to protect the Ukrainian people as a member of the territorial defense. I mean, it's part of a pattern we're seeing that where it's, it's Russians sort of stepping up big time and saying, listen, this, like, we, we're not cool with this. I mean, better late than never. It's like, where were they for all these years? But I mean, now they're really taking the step to say, um, you know, we're not, it, this isn't right what's going on in, in Ukraine. And uh, it's not just outside Russia, but inside Russia as well. There was the clip of that uh, TV producer uh, holding up that anti-war uh, sign during the news broadcast. And I'm just curious, Allison, what are, are the chances of, say, something happening inside of Russia? Um, like, you know, Putin being overthrown or him being deposed without, you know, military intervention that as a result could, uh, could start a third world war. I hope that the Russian people will see, you know, like if the United States is something like this, I'd like to think that I would stand up against it. Uh, I do believe the people in Russia are going to stand up and there's a chance they could not elect him. I mean, I don't know, if, I don't know the intricacies of the Russian election system, but I do believe he's making it much more difficult for people in Russia to support him. So I'm hoping it goes that way and not the World War III way. Uh, I'm not sure what the real, realistically what's going to happen there. But I do think they are trying to, they are starting to see that he's not the guy he used to be. What you saw there and heard there was real bravery. And exactly. in, con in contrast, there's an American company that has franchise agreements for 190 Papa John's in Russia. And it's controlled by a guy who lives in Colorado. So it's an American. And he's not closing his Papa John friends <laughs> franchises. That's the opposite of bravery. But it's Papa John's. I mean, <laughs> if this you was five years ago, I'd say... Sending Papa butter. John's is a war crime, but um, <laughs> eating but Papa John's might be some kind of crime. But I mean, like he clearly that company is a terrible company. But don't take it out on the citizens of Russia. Send, send it all to to Putin to Putin. That's his punishment. You have to you eat, eat Papa, Papa John's, John's for the rest of your life. <laughs> <laughs> that might be cruel and unusual punishment. I don't know. <laughs> The argument that Vladimir Putin would not have invaded Russia if Donald Trump was still president only holds because the 45th president did Putin's work for him in attempting to destabilize NATO and the West's capabilities to defend democracies. In this clip, we can hear one of Trump's sycophants, Nick Fuentes, give his praise for Russia from this year's America First Political Action Conference. And you want to know the secret? Uh, to borrow a phrase from a friend of mine, our secret sauce here, it's these young white men. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we call the secret ingredient. America and the world has forgotten about them, but not us. <laughs> you know, they say about America, they say diversity is our strength, you know. And I look at China and I look at Russia, who can we give a round of applause for Russia? Yes. Putin, 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 Putin. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, clearly they don't recognize irony because like, they're, <laughs> they're chanting for another country at a conference called America First. <laughs> oh my God. But give it up for the white men. That's what. <laughs> but they've been so forgotten. White men always get the short oh. end of the straw. The they've been persecuted since the beginning of time. They're finally <laughs> coming back, making the world their own. As a, Absolutely. As the white man, that was so embarrassing. <laughs> Somehow, I don't think you're their target demographic, Jeff. I mean, quite frankly, <laughs> neither am I. That's Not your secret sauce. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what that means, the secret sauce. What is that? It sounds gross. Very bishopal. It, it does. It does. He reminded me of like a frat boy, you know, oh, yeah. right before like a kegger. Hey, here we are. Alpha, Sigma, Kappa, Delta, whatever, you know. And everyone's like, yeah, yeah. And it, it just, what? <laughs> I, I can't believe, I just am so stunned. My husband and I have been talking about this. You know, when we were in high school and college um, in the 80s, uh, you know, Russia, as we've said before, Russia was the enemy. They could not, uh, you know, between our history classes, uh, everything, pounding it into your head. You know, Russia's the enemy, Russia's the enemy. And to see so many people cheering for this, I, I just when I thought life couldn't get more weird <laughs> as it had been during the Trump administration, here we are, part two, what the actual fuck? You know, it's just, I, I don't get it. I don't understand it. I don't, I, I it, it makes absolutely no sense to me. Did you hear that lady who made a TikTok video that said to Putin, if I was your mother, I would have been so loving, basically blaming Putin's mother for the way he turned out. And I'm like, yeah, thank you, lady. Blame woman again. <laughs> you know? yeah. We can't blame him for his own actions. Let's exactly. blame a woman. Is there a woman? We <laughs> Was that at that conference also, that, that TikTok or... I, 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 I think, oh, that, I'm sure that was one of the workshops, you know, yeah. how to get out of being blamed as a white man, you know, <laughs> are what you is close enough for you to blame everything that's ever happened to you or that yeah. has made you the ass you are. His mommy didn't love him enough. Aww. Do you feel guilty as a white man? We can find a woman to blame. Come to our, <laughs> come to our seminar. We'll, we'll prove it to you. <laughs> And Gal Gadot's there like, damn it, I can't sing anymore. It was too cringeworthy when <laughs> sang Imagine <laughs> before. <laughs> but that lady took the stage, you know. <laughs> That's crazy. So my, my family were genocide survivors from like Pol Pot, Cambodia. And my mom watched all the footage and she's like, I feel bad for the Ukrainians, but at least they have metros and trains and iPods and the internet because daddy had to cross a river with leeches up his penis. So that. <laughs> Yikes. Wow. Yeah, I think but, they give that as a service to some spas in New York City. <laughs> iPhones or leeches on the penis? I mean, I'm leeches I'm, I'm, on the penis. Okay, it's yeah. you know, it's a male enhancement thing they do in New York City. I mean, we haven't really advanced that far yet in the Baltimore DC area, but we'll try. <laughs> We're gonna go ahead and try. It started in Los <laughs> Angeles, of course. <laughs> I'll go ahead and be covering this on some future episodes of this podcast. 
But in the meantime, that's going to be our show. I want to thank Jeff Heisen, Michelle Wojcikowski, Devine Kerr, and Allison Chadwick. Thank you, Tom. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This episode was written and hosted by Tom Myers with panelists Jeff Heisen, Michelle Wojcikowski, and Devine Kerr, and guest Allison Chadwick. Theme music by Euron Vandenhurek. Executive producers Tom Myers, Matt Connerton for IPM Nation, and Eddie Carson for Odyssey Radio. Thank you for listening, and please visit tommyers.us. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. If you want to listen to more of this episode, go ahead and subscribe to my Patreon. There you can get extended versions of episodes like this one, as well as bonus clips. You can even listen to regular episodes without all these pesky little ads through which you have to fast forward. Doesn't really cost that much. Plans as low as $1 a month. Go to patreon.com slash Tom Myers, spelled M-Y-E-R-S. Show the love, subscribe, show your support today. That's patreon.com slash Tom Myers. Hi everyone. I'm Orb. I am not the official spokesperson for Oddly Funny Productions. That's A-W-D-L-Y Funny Productions. A-A-Ron is tied up right now. Shut up, I'll untie you in a minute. Here at Oddly, we're producing some great shows. Bombing Run, where comedians compete to see who's Joker Ace. And Orb's Wacky World, a talk show with a mix of comedy, uncomfortable questions, and music hosted by yours truly. When you think of comedy, think of Oddly Funny Productions. That's A-W-D-L-Y, funny productions. Now, how do I get out of here? Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now.